for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks. All right. So let's, let's just dive in here for a few minutes and, and talk about this. Our Lord's condemning of the tree and cleansing of the temple were both symbolic acts that demonstrated the sad spiritual condition of the nation of Israel. And I think that it also paints a picture for 2023. I believe scripture was not just written for then, but all scripture is God breathed and is profitable for, right? Reproof, correction, direction, encouragement, all of that. And so in this passage of scripture, we see, first of all, after the triumphal entry, he comes to this where he sees this fig tree that's not producing fruit and he curses it and says, basically he pronounces, Peter calls a curse. He pronounces, may you never, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. If he had power to kill the tree, he also had power to restore the tree and make it produce fruit. If he has the power to save you and I, he also has the power, if he has the power to create us, he has the power to make us and change us to bear fruit. But the fact of the matter is, the bearing of fruit is not what God makes you do, it's what you choose to be. And when the fig tree didn't function according to how it was created and it didn't have figs when it was supposed to, Jesus was upset and he cursed the tree. I want to just cast a thought to you tonight and I want you to understand that a lot of times we realize that sinners and we will stand before God as to whether we spend eternity in heaven or not based on if we accepted Jesus. But I also want you to know that each one of us as believers will stand before the Lord and we will give account for what we did and how we lived and how we served and how we produced and did we bear fruit in the kingdom of God or did we come and watch everybody else serve us? And so when we stand, now listen, I'm teaching tonight in the scope that you're about to relocate in a a little while. And you're going to have a different property in a different building. And you're going to be in a different place. But I want to propose to you tonight that the building is not the church. That you are. And that the building is only a a tool for you to bear fruit in. (laughs) That building is not going to bear fruit. You are. Okay, is everybody okay? Look at your neighbor and we're we're just going to go through. And so each one of us, I stand tonight. I don't preach all the time anymore like I used to. Whenever the Lord opens a door like this and I come, I'm very aware tonight, really aware, that I'll stand before God and give answer for this message. And I want each one of us in here not in fear, because we're going to talk about in a minute how fruit is produced. 
fruit in your life is not produced because you decide to produce fruit. Fruit is produced in your life when you function according to how God created you and he created you to bear fruit. For you not to be bearing fruit is abnormal, not normal as a believer. And I think we see that in this story. So here, the first, really, I think this cursing the fig tree happened for some lessons. The first is a lesson on failure. Israel had failed to be fruitful for God. The fruit, the fig tree was associated with the nation of Israel. And the fig tree our Lord cursed, Israel had nothing but leaves. There are a lot of people that look like a Christian. Oh, thank the Lord. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be done. I know what time I got to be through. (laughs) But I want you to come. I want you to have an understanding. Here's what happens. Christians begin to try to do something so that they're Christian. The fact of the matter is because you've accepted Christ, if you will just relax in that and function as a believer, you will bear fruit. It's natural for you to share your story with somebody who doesn't know the Lord. That's the natural thing. It gets all crippled up when sin enters in, which is pride, and you say, my story doesn't matter, so you're quiet when you really should be sharing it. Because it's natural. We're natural to tell our story. Whenever, whenever the Lord does something in your life, you want somebody to know about it. Now, here's what we do. We share it with people we're comfortable with. But if we do what is natural as a believer in the Spirit of God inside of you, you'll be sensitive to the people you're around, and all of a sudden, you'll hear somebody say something that kind of goes along with where you were or what happened to you, and you should speak up at that moment. My mind runs crazy sometimes. My wife will tell you, I, my, my imagination can, can be fruitful and it can be really, really cursed. <laughs> okay, it just can be. But I think sometimes in my own life, I wonder when we as believers, not in fear of judgment of going to hell, but I wonder sometimes... Like the first of this year, I really felt convicted that Daily, as regularly as I should, I should be sharing for people, inviting people to church or being aware to tell the story. But I can tell you there have been days that I totally forgot about that. But I've tried. I've tried to be aware of that. It was something I set out the first year that this year I wanted to try to, to, to be aware of that and be conscious of it. Nobody knows that. My wife doesn't know that. It's just something's internal that I'm sharing with you. But I wonder sometimes in bearing fruit and being the fig tree and this story that's in the Bible is there for a reason. I wonder if when we stand in the, in not, I don't think Jesus is going to stand when he, when we're judged for our works. I don't think he's going to stand there and, that's a good one. That's a bad one. I think it's going to be more of a sober moment when we possibly we see what we could and the moments we and the moments we did, and it's tested. The Bible says it'll be tested by fire, and wood, hay, and stubble will burn up. But those, those things that are precious stone and gold will be will be kept. The things we did will be recognized and rewarded. 
And the reason I'm sharing this and felt led to share this after reading this past scripture is because of where this church is. In Lebanon, not Lebanon. May I emphasize that again? Y'all all know that. I'm telling all these people I'm around, it's not Lebanon, my Lord. That's over there where they shoot and stuff. Lebanon is east of Nashville, you know. But I think that if we, if we lived with a constant understanding that Jesus is close and that it's a natural process for a believer to bear fruit, and if we would be sensitive to that, then we as this building gather as the church people can make a difference in this part of the region of the world because we share the story and what God's doing us because we're sensitive to it. And I think that's part of what was going on here. But the children of Israel had failed to do that. And yet it's in the past scripture, I believe, to provoke us to think about it and live it out. And then Jesus also used this miracle of this, of this fig tree drying up as a lesson on faith. The reason why we know that is because when Peter pointed it out to him and said, there's the tree you cursed and it, it's barren, the first thing Jesus said was what? Have faith in God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I think what he was saying is, fruitfulness is a product of faith in him, not of faith in you. Not in you determining the night, coming to the altar and saying, oh God, I want to be more fruitful in you. I believe it's where you approach God and say, God, I, Jesus, I, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. And out of more of him, fruitfulness will be born. I think what happens is we, we become unfruitful and we actually find ourselves not walking with the curse of God, but the absence of his spirit in our life, which creates barrenness. The presence of the Holy Spirit creates fruitfulness. It's natural. Our pastor out in West Texas, out there in Midland, man, all he is driving this whole year is the presence of God. The presence of God. We need the presence of God. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit, and it's God in me. I don't naturally walk in peace. I don't naturally walk and sleep all night long with peace. No anxiety and all peace. But I can tell you for a fact on March 22nd, since I've been hearing this now for over a year, I sleep more than I've ever slept. And my wife will tell you I am not anxious at all. I'm full of baloney most of the time <laughs> because of the peace of God. Because the presence of God brings the peace of God. The peace of God brings fruitfulness in your life. Because you were made for the presence of God. You were created. So then we go on to the second part of that, where it's a lesson on faith. And, and he says here, he talks about prayer. He talks about the temple. You know, then he goes in and he starts driving and whipping them out because they're selling doves, which was the poor person's sacrifice that they bought to sacrifice, raise for sacrifice. And Jesus goes in there, he turns the table over, he's mad as all get up because money changers and, and all that. And he's all fired up and he's tore up about the whole thing and how they had turned the temple into a place of marketing 
And man, I hear it all the time, people preaching about coffee in this building. And they go to this passage of scripture. I want you to understand, we do not need to digress to the simplicity of the carnal when in actuality, the Bible says in the word of God, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think that Jesus is teaching us more about us as the temple than he was about the actual facility. Because you see what happens inside of us is we get all entangled with finances, with making money, with doing what we need to do to make things happen, and we neglect the very thing that creates fruitfulness, and it's the presence of God inside you. You know, I'm, listen, I'm not preaching that without proof. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with, with a price. So glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your temple. We stay so preoccupied with our jobs, with our kids, with our problems, with our worries, <laughs> that we neglect the function of the temple. Everybody, okay in here tonight. We want to take it all external, what he's saying here. I think that he's teaching us a higher call and a higher principle for people like us. I think he was telling his disciples, have faith in God. What he was saying is if you'll walk in faith in who you are, fruitfulness will happen. That's why he said, when they said, look at that cursed fig tree, he says, have faith in God. Tell your neighbor, look at him. Tell them, have faith in God. Have, have faith in God. Now tell them, and you'll be fruitful. Amen? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You say, well, the Lord can't, the Lord can't use me. Have faith in God. Amen. Well, I can't do anything in the kingdom. I, my story won't make a difference. Have faith in God. I, I'm too shy to invite anybody to church. Have faith in God. I don't want to be, I don't want to be rejected. Have faith in God. Every Christian needs to get cussed out by a sinner. I've said this for 20 years. Christians get all worried about because they go and get cussed out by somebody who's only doing what sinners do. How many of you did what sinners do at one time? Come on, come on, get them. Come on, get that foot up now. Right? And then you get saved and you dry up. I'm telling you, nine more minutes and I'm going to be done. Nine or 10 or 12 or 15. No, I'm just kidding. Have faith in God. There's not one person in this room, you would not be here if in your mother's womb God hadn't created you. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, he created you for works of you are his masterpiece. Created. When you begin to move at your temple of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to move toward other function than bringing glory to God, you become barren. When all we live our lives for is to draw a check 
instead of realizing where we're working, we're supposed to walk, and when we walk in that place, we are bringing the presence of God. <laughs> then our works dry up. They get burned up. We don't even function. We have no excitement. We have no excitement about just getting a check because you want more. Right? So he says, he curses the fig tree. Then he goes in here. He turns over and messes them all over in this temple. And they just tell him, you've, you've desecrated and you've messed up the purpose of the temple. And it, you've lost the vision of the purpose of the temple. That's what he was saying. This is a place that should be for prayer. This is a place for sacrifice and worship. And you've destroyed that because you're worried about the external of a living and of selling and making something. That's what Jesus is saying here. But if we go to, to the New Testament over in 2 Corinthians where it says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, then he comes to us and he says, stop worrying about all the external stuff trying to buy and sell. You have got your spirit so distracted and the temple of God so distracted that you're not fulfilling the purpose. The purpose for your life is to pray. The purpose of your life is the presence of God in your life. When you walk into the marketplace, the presence of God walks with you. <laughs> it really does. You may not know it, but you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And where you walk, the presence of God is. You're walking into court because you've gotten messed up, whatever. But you're living for the Lord now and you've turned your heart toward God and you're trying to pull, but then you're thinking about, oh, you get anxious. Me and Christy have been there, walked in, nervous into a court case when we first got married. Nervous as all get out. And yet watch the hand of God handle it and then leave there and say, what were we worried about? We got in the car, I'll never forget, we got a car. Said, Was that awesome? What? We lost that case, but we won. It's true. The reason why is because we get inside of the temple, us, we get all conjured up and worried and messed up about stuff and miss the very fact that Jesus was in the temple. They were so concerned about what they were doing that they missed the Messiah who just rode through on the colt was now walking through the temple and he was having to rebuke what they're doing and they missed it because they were so focused on the external and about their personal needs and about their personal manipulations. Do you know where religious people hide? In the church. <laughs> hey, look at your neighbor and say, I know that's not you. Not launch point, right? I know your pastor and his wife. Right? Religion. That's what was happening here. The religious who were doing the religious, their stuff, not the godly thing, not the purpose for which they were created, but their own agendas, the very Messiah, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who was about to die on the cross and be resurrected, walked right through the temple and they missed it. In fact, it made her matter than all get out that he came in and messed up their little deal. Do you know when Jesus walks into your life, he will mess up your little deal. He'll mess up your little life. He'll mess up your spirit. He will get your attention. Amen. 
you know how I'm talking about this? Because he's messed up mine. He's messed up mine. I've been the religious guy. I've been the guy that was living for approval and applause and all that stuff. I, I, I remember and absolutely missed and lost in my own life the presence of God. And yet he's looking for us. He's looking for, he wants to be with you. He wants to hear from you tonight, Marcus. God, help me. I'm so thankful to see you tonight. When you came in that door, brother, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and honored you came in. Marcus is a long time. Bowling Green, this, this brother, is a, he's a brother. <laughs> I love him. I'm so thankful that he's here tonight. I texted him today. I said, I know you're out in Lebanon, man. I hope you can make it. I just would love to see you. He's here. <laughs> You see, the story of the fig tree is cursing because it wasn't fulfilling what it was created to do. And then he comes through the temple and he sees that the function of the temple had been, um, had been misused because they got carried away with what the needs were and then they began to make a living off of people coming in and selling and doing instead of the real purpose of it was the presence of the Messiah that was in the temple. And so he speaks to us tonight and he says, as, as the Lord told Samuel, he said, do not look on his appearance on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We work so hard on what people think and see about us. When the fact of the matter is, God is looking inside of you. He wants to be in you. He wants to dwell in you. His presence, his spirit wants to be in you. And when he's in you, the outward will not just be leaves that look good, but it will be people who are fruitful. See, I believe if that tree would have had figs and no green leaves, the Lord would have been pleased. Because it was bearing fruit. I think we, we have some concept of what we think God thinks we should look like. Listen, God don't care what cut of eyeshadow you wear. Out in West Texas, what kind of weave you put in, or what them, how big the, how long the fake eyelashes are. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. I live in West Texas, and I'm telling you, people make a lot of money on false eyelashes. Our pastor says, some of you women are going to lose one of your eyelash or one of your eyes. Get out in this West Texas wind and you'll be going around in circles. Could you get <laughs> Right? We work so hard on the external. Launch point, church. Launch point. Could we begin to pursue the presence of God in our life as the temple of the Holy Spirit? Could we begin to pursue the purpose for which God put you on the earth, which is to bring glory to him in everything you do? Yeah. 
if it's playing ball, if it's teaching, if it's leading worship, or if it's working or driving a truck. That if we as his people in Lebanon at launch point, walking into this building program that's going on, if we'll keep your, if we, you, me, since I'm an overseer, if we'll keep our focus on the purpose for why we're here, when that facility is finished, its purpose will be you fulfilling your purpose. Not it being the purpose and you sitting on the pew. <laughs> okay, well, I'm finishing. <laughs> Take it from a guy who's been in building programs. Built them. Done it. If you don't keep the main thing the main thing, you'll go in that building and think people are just going to come because the building's there. I'm going to tell you right now, their church is going broke all over America thinking a church, if you build a church, builds a church. The church, the building, does not build a church. People build the church. People who understand they are the temple of the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit of God be in them. So he, he talks about, he wants us to be fruitful, he wants us to be faithful. He doesn't want you just to show up to church. He wants you to serve. There's some of you that smile big, need to be at the door and be happy because there are people that stand at the door that scare people off because they're mean. <laughs> we need mean people in the toddler area. <laughs> Them little rascals are crazy. Or the youth department, right? Them junior hires, my God. I know they're here. <laughs> Listen, I got a 12, I'm a 60-year-old man with a 15-year-old and 12-year-old. Will y'all pray for me? <laughs> right? Listen, I know. I understand. But the focus should be that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. Pursue his presence and his purpose. And the facility, and when you relocate and all that, and the people that come, they'll be drawn because of the presence of God in the temple of God. Instead of it just being a bunch of hullabaloo to just say we're church with no fruitfulness. I love that Jesus said when they went by the, the tree, and I encourage you to remember, when they went by the tree, that's why I think it says, and the disciples remembered, and then when they come out of the temple after they see Jesus, then that area, and they say, here's this tree, and Jesus says, have faith in God. I came tonight to say to Launch Point Church, have faith in God, and you'll be fruitful. Okay. So, Lord, I, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the mission of this church. I thank you for... Uh, the pastors here and the calling you've placed on this church and they have been faithful for seven years, Lord, faithful in this place, faithful in a place where everybody would say you can't grow a church, faithful in a place where everybody said, ah, that's not the prime choice, you need to be somewhere else, faithful and fruitful in a location that every church, all of it, Lord, just wonder how is it? Well, we know tonight, Lord, it's because you breathed and your breath is on this church. I ask you in the name of Jesus that, Holy Spirit, you would breathe and continue to breathe on this place. I pray tonight 
that the presence of God would be stronger here than it's ever been before. I pray that the people that are in this room tonight would passionately pursue your presence. And out of that, God, will flow the fruit that you want to be born in this community. I pray that tonight in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just a minute, would you say tonight, you're a believer, but you'd say, I've been distracted. <laughs> I've got stuff going on in the temple that's got me distracted, and I've, I've, I've been missing Jesus in, in my life. I've, uh, I've been so distracted, I've kind of gotten distracted even from his presence. I just feel prompted while I'm praying just to stop right now and pray for you that God would help you to focus back in. Would you just lift your hand? Just lift it high. Amen. I get it. Listen, <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. Lord, tonight there are quite a few in this room who've lifted their hands. I pray tonight that they'd look to Jesus, the author, and the finisher faith of their faith. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would Trust in you and lean not on their own understanding. In all their ways, acknowledge you, Lord, and you'll direct their path. I pray in the name of Jesus that their focus would be zeroed back in on your presence in their lives. To not be anxious about everything going on around them, but to trust you in the peace of God. I pray that that would focus back in. I believe that tonight, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that that would be the case and they would rest in you and all this other stuff will take care of itself as they trust in you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.